and welcome back to the LinkedIn Logs podcast, your number one business entrepreneur, LinkedIn influencer podcast that everybody listens to. Hi, I'm your host, Chad White, if you didn't know. This is the uh, LinkedIn influencer podcast for websites. Like I just said, the website, go there. Welcome back. Uh, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could be so free. Believe it or not, <laughs> we're still doing this. I took I took some weeks off. I take some time off sometimes. Sometimes I don't put up video, even though I have just edited a video. And now we're still doing it. the The number of episodes is not equal to the number of weeks that I've been doing it. Probably been doing it uh, twenty plus weeks. It's only fifteen episodes. Sometimes I get lazy. Sometimes I don't. Still without a full time, unfortunately. Uh, but here we are. Still kicking. Still kicking. Again, unfortunately. Hey, listen. I want to give some advice to recruiters. Last week I had a conversation with a recruiter that um, my my sister is a recruiter and she uh, introduced me to somebody who is also a recruiter, but f- mostly for my industry, which is the entertainment industry. And she works as a recruiter for other industries. And he and we had a talk, we had a chat, he pushed it. Let me tell you this much. We'll get to that in a second. Hold on. But we had a chat, and he seemed very gung-ho on helping me out, you know, helping me find uh, uh, some type of uh, full-time employment. Any hoosers. Got, uh, I, I sent him the day of. I sent him all of the things that he needs from me. It's been about three or four days. And it was already kind of iffy before I had talked to him. But for the first time, I felt seen and heard, as mental health people say. Yeah, I'm making fun of you. And now I wanna I wanna I wanna reach out to you recruiters. And there are just some things that I see all the time on my LinkedIn page. I think we just need to go over. Because quite frankly, it's pissing me off. And I follow a lot of recruiters, some from Warner, some from the Weather Channel, just just different places I've worked before. Uh, and it is it is fascinating to me to see, the, I think the way people people present themselves versus how they actually act is just vastly differs. On one hand, some people mean their words. Like me. Someone cuts me off in traffic. I go, I hope you die. I mean it. (laughs) Then there are people who will go to TikTok or their social medias. They'll talk about mental health, how sad they are, and how you should treat everybody nicely. And then they'll post in an alias on Reddit or on Twitter or what have you. and, and, And just say the most horrible, duplicitous things. 
There's only those two type of people. And I think every recruiter I've ever spoken to is that second one. I think a lot of people are that second one, in fact. Including uh, people that I've worked with at every job I've ever done. I'm not saying that one job. I'm saying every single job I've ever done. Recruiters in particular, I think you need to back your words because if you're going to offer, you know, help or a shoulder to lean on or just ability to talk to, I think the better option would be not to ignore emails, messages, phone calls, things of that nature. Because I have, there are people in my, I'm on LinkedIn right now, there are people in my messaging who I've reached out to on multiple occasions and via email and via phone call who have ignored me, uh, who have uh, who have said they're super busy, but they post seven times a day and it's all mental health posts on LinkedIn. Things of that nature. Which is... Uh, Unfor- which which stinks because you can't you can't follow through whereas I'm supposed to follow through. I mean back in the you know 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, whatever if you if you reach out to somebody that was like you showed that was huxpa, huxpa, you showed huxpa. You go out, you go you apply to a job, you talk to people, you keep reaching out, you keep reaching out, keep reaching out. This is the number one reason why I hate networking. Like I genuinely I, we should not have to do it. I should not have to fake be interested in someone else's BS because, I, quite frankly, I'm not. Uh, and so so the this this thing where people who have been in the same job for the past 20 or 30 years <laughs> who think that you can still do the same things from 20 years ago and at work. Like how many times have I have I I've, have I been to a wedding and a friend's been up there and he's given his little speech. <laughs> and he's like, I tried talking to her and she 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 blew me off. And then we talked all summer long. And then I just kept asking her, asking her out. <laughs> or how many times have someone been like, oh, you just gotta keep bothering the recruiters. You gotta keep bothering the, the boss people. And my and my and in my and for both for both types of things, <laughs> in my experience, that has never worked. So and and for me, I've had to lie on my resume get jobs. I've had to let AI write my uh, offer letter, whatever the hell that thing's called, cover letter. I'm just saying, this is big advice to recruiters. If you do not have the time, or the skill, or the ability to talk to someone after saying. I'll give you, if it's an empty gesture, I'll, hey, you know what, send me a message anytime. Send me this, send me that. Then don't offer it up. I'm never going to uh, uh, offer an empty gesture to anybody. When I say, I'm sorry that happened to you, or how can I help, or, uh, uh, hey, do you need somebody to watch your dog, your kid, whatever? I mean that. But every recruiter that I've ever met from Warner Brothers to uh, Bounce TV, Scripps, Weather Channel, WXIA, Tegna, 
every single recruiter has been um, oh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mince my words here. <laughs> Every single recruiter has not stood up to the challenge. And I know their names, and I could call them out right now, but I'm not going to. They won't listen, but I'm not going to. Recruiters, you have to step up. You have to. It's so frustrating. And don't, and don't, don't. Oh, my mental health. Oh, my mental health. Oh, if you are, you are a leader in your group. And no, you have to, the, none of that matters. You have to do better. Okay. I'm going to keep calling them out. I do not care. And if this, if they, if they have some type of blacklist, then whatever. Because if, if this is a thing that, that pushes you over the edge, Someone calling you out for not doing your job. Oh, boy. You got a lot of things coming. All right. Let's move on. This comes from Deadline, written by Peter White. Let me pop open uh, the window capture. Here. There are more layoffs coming from Warner Bros. Discovery. Now, they if you don't know, they just launched Max... On the 23rd, today's the 24th, they just launched Max, uh, which is a rebranded HBO Max, which, uh, if you ask me, is a stupid name. It's the dumbest name of the world. You're sanitizing HBO. I understand they want to encompass the Discovery brand as well and cartoons and all that stuff, but the name HBO stands out more than Discovery. I could go to Africa. I could go to Nepal. And be like, you guys seen The Leftovers? <laughs> you like The Sopranos? And they go, we love HBO. What is Discovery? There's more layoffs coming. I was caught in a set of layoffs six months ago. Timing is yet to be confirmed, apparently. But they're going to be happening over the next couple of weeks, which is later this summer. Also interesting, I'm, st- uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of people laid off who have been there for years and years, and they're complaining about not having jobs. I'm like, Look, <laughs> you could be in my position. Just saying. There's been a huge percentage of, of people who lost their jobs at Warner, when it is, not not Warner Bros. Discovery, at Warner, and uh, and it's going to be that way, it, I mean, I'm guessing at least for the rest of the year. I'm thinking there's going to be more layoffs well into the wintertime, and it's going to be a very lean company on Warner's part, the Discovery part is going to be as fat as, uh, <laughs> as those uh, thousand pound life people. Yeah, I don't care anymore. I had this thought when I saw this article this week. Uh, there was when, so Bob Iger left Disney and they brought in Bob Chapek. The board brought in Bob Chapek. Disney didn't do too hot under Chapek because he's a, a businessman who has really no care for the craft of what Disney is. And then he was ousted. 
and Iger was brought back to kind of shepherd the company through a lot of turmoil. And yes, they do have their layoffs and uh, Ant-Man and Wasp didn't do well. And um, uh, other movies that I don't care for <laughs> didn't do well. <laughs> like I care for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Quantum Mania, that's what it's called. And these movies, and their movies, they didn't do well, and uh, and and, and pe- they're losing uh, subscribers on Disney Plus, and and now they're they're gonna bring in some Hulu shows from Hulu and throw them on Disney Plus for some reason. More so than they, what they've been doing, because I think Blackish is on both Hulu and Disney Plus and anything, and also they're pulling a Warner card and taking things off of Disney Plus. I gotta finish Earth to Ned. I'm still on the Penn and Teller episode. I gotta finish this thing. There's like eight more episodes. I'm not going to be able to finish in the next six days. My theory is, I believe, I have I have a very big feeling that based on the way CNN is, is being handled by Chris Lich, and I like Chris Lich. I do like him a lot. Lich, Lick, Lick, Chris. I like Chris. Usually everybody hates him. <laughs> He was slapped on stage at the Oscars, and we have to worry about his mental health. The thing is, I have I have a, I have this big feeling that the way that what's happening with CNN this morning, uh, uh, what's happening with the nine o'clock hour, what's happening at CNN across the board, that all this tur- and then and then and then on a bigger scale, what's happening with Max. Ugh. And the DC Universe movies and on the linear networks. I don't think that Zazzle, and then also just being called out for making $250 million last year after uh, thousands of people were laid off, including yours truly. I don't think Zaslov is long for this, um, for, for the head of Warner Bros. Discovery. I think there's going to be a point where. He is ousted similarly to, or, or to Chapek, or he is um, he steps down. I think he gets in, makes his money, and leaves. And I only say that because he has the same kind of uh, business mind as Chapek, which is to say that is not to say that that he can't lead the company. Um, but all in all, I don't think he can't, I don't think he, I don't think he has the, I think what's ahead of him is discovery. I really do think that discovery is the, the, what he thinks is the key to turning both companies around. Whereas it's Warner discovery is Nat Geo to Warner's Disney plus to Disney rather. Disney could get by without Nat Geo. Warner could get by without Discovery. When Max, I'll tell you, when Max opened, when Max relaunched, when Max launched yesterday, A, I thought it was going to be an update to the HBO Max app, which is what it should have been. But it wasn't. And across my Android phone, my iPad, my PlayStation 5, and my Xbox One, and my LG TV, has five different devices, I had to download the app, and re-log in, and then delete the HBO Max app. And scrolling through Max, it again felt like HBO Max, which is good, 
they use the player for HBO Max. And there's a lot more emphasis on everything, but mostly Warner. And when I saw that, I just thought, this is just HBO Max with Discovery on top. You scroll down to the genres or whatever, and you see TLC, HGTV, Food Network. I watch those networks, but only on YouTube TV, where it's, I, I get, you know, it's 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 Thursday night, and diners, drive-ins, and dives is on, or Friday night, or whatever. And I just turn it on. And it's on. I switch between that and The Simpsons and PBS NewsHour. Warner is the name. Discovery is the addition. Warner can get by. And even adding to that, CNN. Warner and CNN can get by. I I think I do. I don't. I don't think Zaslav is long for this. The head of this company. Because at least for Iger and in some cases Bob Backish, who's the head of Paramount, you never, no one knows who Bob Backish is. Like the regular person doesn't know who Bob Backish is. I think like somebody who is into Disney would know who Bob Iger is, because he leads with he knows the material, he leads with heart. And even in some cases, Kevin Feige, who's the head of a Marvel story or whatever, people know him, and he does a relatively good job. I mean, first things first, we got to get all these white guys out of this, out of the office. Just put a moratorium on hiring old white men to run things. More layoffs are coming, and they're going to tell you everything's fine, but at some point it feels like a fire sale when people are when people are let go from companies and then also uh, you can't watch a show like Westworld on on Max, but you can watch P- Doctor Pimple Popper's uh, second TV show, or uh, My Three Thousand Pound Life, which is about um, two tow trucks. <laughs> All right, and then uh, the final thing. This comes from the Wall Street Journal, written by T Ping Chen. Nine rounds of interviews and no callback. It's harder than ever to land a white collar job. I will extend that out to every job everywhere. We got layoffs. We got hiring freezes. Some companies are forcing people to come back full time. I just had a friend move to Nashville uh, because uh, um, the app that she works for, the very popular, uh, let's just say it, uh, if it was a clock, it'd go TikTok. The app she works for <laughs> forced her to, to come back into the office. I lost a friend over and and uh, yeah, I lost two friends because she was uh, dating somebody. <sighs> and I lost a god dog. I was a godfather to a dog, but that might be changing soon. Ooh, a little kitty cat might be getting a brother. <laughs> We'll see if this happens. This is a story that uh, encompasses everything that I've just I've been dealing with. Except this is this is something that you know these people get even further with. 
they're getting interviews and no callback. I'm getting like initial messages and no callback. I've got the, I've got the, I got yesterday um, after two weeks. What was it? Let's see. What is this? Uh, Straight Arrow News LLC <laughs> messaged me. <laughs> After two weeks ago, I provided them with all the things I applied. I provided them with all these things that they asked for. Uh, and then, then, the, then the guy came back and asked me a question, and, uh, and I responded immediately. Uh, nada. And that's not the worst thing that happened to me. Trust me. I've got, I've got way worse things. That'll come up naturally when I talk about them. Or when I talk about them. So this young woman, Megan Burr, uh, had a ninth round uh, interview. Uh, when the woman conducting the interview said she was convinced Burr was able to do the job, the interviewer then asked, but what else can you do? Which is insane to think that they want you to do more than what is advertised of the job. And not not like, you know, go above and beyond, but like be able to do other things. Lots of jobs were hiring during the pandemic, and uh, uh, and now we're seeing a, a stoppage and then a layoff of that, and like I talked about with Warner and Disney. Three or four interviews are now normal for clients, which is usually up from one to two. I know when I interviewed for WABE, they brought me in four times. And wasted my time each time. And didn't answer emails. I think it took roughly a month. I don't want to work there anyway. You know, the horrible location. It would be so much traffic getting back. And uh, it's a bad website and a bad uh, <laughs> NPR station. <laughs> People say working, uh, looking for work in the recent months. The feeling of competition is intensified. Back in November, when Riza Moliev says he was laid off from his ninety thousand a oh, Jesus, wish I had that a year job at the mattress company Casper, the positions he was applying for showed seventy five or a hundred other applicants on LinkedIn, which is very true. Which is everything I see, even for like small associate producer jobs, which offers the ability to see real time snapshots. Blah, blah, blah. By the spring, he was seeing more like a thousand people applying for every job he was going for. I've seen I've seen upwards of five hundred for, for for jobs. He said with some positions attracting hundreds of applicants within minutes of posting. That is very true. I see that as well. Oh, he graduated in 2020. He was making Jesus Christ in heaven. Oh, God. So I think, you know what? This is what this is what's going to happen. I think that if I was president, when you graduate college, you have to go through. I would force you to go through three years of turmoil of working in restaurants and factories and dog walking and struggling. So, you know what it's like to bleed so you understand oh no i lost my my job i've had for three years get out of here it's ridiculous making 90 you got health benefits and health benefits once for a year and a half my resume says two years but i'm lying 
As recently as a year ago, employers were competing fiercely to hire talent, dangling five figures, signing bonuses, and offering remote work and other perks. At the same time, many companies relaxed their hiring criteria, desperate to get people through the door. That is no longer the case. Why, and also, I want to know, why do jobs ask for GPAs? I'm, I'm like eight years out of college. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, I don't even know my GPA. Also, I lie. I'm, I, I fully lie. I always say like 3.6. <laughs> and what do you need a GPA for, for, uh, uh, you know, somebody writing a news story? You have to write at a fifth grade level. That's it. Oh, there's also a thing about no job hopping and with ten and people who want uh, companies who want tons of experience. It, uh, for me, it just doesn't make sense to have. Uh, it's not a very diverse pool of people they uh, questioned. <laughs> for me, I it just it just doesn't make sense to to have so like have so many candidates and then end up hiring within the company or uh or or just or take people through this rigmarole this this game of uh of you know not being able to uh hire them because for me i think i think now we're at a point where we gotta start calling people out on these things and without fear of repercussion i mean it's like if if i'm gonna be bold and and um um i don't know Ask somebody out. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play games anymore. I'm just gonna just go ahead and do it. So why would I go through this this game of of all of us uh, that that these companies seem to want to play, especially in their recruiters? It just doesn't make sense to me. And really, what is what is the concern? What's the fear after the fact? I think I think the biggest thing is to you know to combat what I just said is that we get to after you know a certain amount of time and all this trying and everything you finally get to a a good place where you think you have it and you just don't want to mess it up. But I don't think we should be concerned about that or or, or scared of or things like that in nature. I don't know. I think I th- I just think it's time to hold companies accountable. Like I don't like him, but Adam Conover, who is a um, he he hosted a show. He was an internet personality. He hosted a show on True TV called Adam Who's Everything. I'm refusing to call him a, a comedian because I don't think he's very funny, and also I don't think he's ever done stand up or even improv. But he did host a show on True TV called Adam Who's Everything. But there's something he said I appreciated a couple of weeks ago at the start of the. Um, the pan, not pandemic, the, uh, the writer's strike, uh, the writer's pandemic, <laughs> uh, which uh, he said he called out specifically David Zaslov for making $250 million last year for essentially doing nothing. And yeah, you're a businessman. You've done business before, but I, I guarantee you give me Warner Bros. Discovery for six months and I'll turn it around real quick. Uh, that is a challenge. Let me beat you in arm wrestling con- competition. <laughs> I'll win too. I'll be. I'll beat you in that too. But he called him out for uh, and said that that could pay fifty thousand writers' uh, uh, 
compensations, which makes sense. Yes, and that that would. I don't think like after after fifty million, like what are you doing? <laughs> after ten million, what are you doing? You don't need it. You know, Beyonce and Jay Z just bought California's most expensive house at two hundred million. Let's just say Zaslov did the same thing. He still have fifty million left over. I know taxes, blah blah blah, whatever. But still, he still have, he still have money. He still have a, a couple of bucks left over. What do these what do these big these big white dudes need when they when they're in charge of these companies? Again, maybe they should uh, learn to struggle like the rest of us. Frustrating to say the least. Listen. If you like what you heard here, head to the website, com, where there's other podcasts. LinkedIn Log, excuse me, Late Night Lately, Late Late Night Show Show, is on hiatus until the writer's strike ends, uh, so I can actually have things to talk about. And then uh, The Constitutionals is like an entertainment business news show. There's interviews and stuff. Um, and the YouTube.com slash C++ Comedy, see a video version of the show. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at C plus comedy, me at Chad Black White. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, and yeah. Okay. One day I'll get back to the OnlyFans uh, B story, but right now I'm tired. All right. <laughs>